What is going on everyone? It is Mason Pierce here, host of the Cover 7 with Mason Pierce podcast. And I want to let y'all know about a little secret, and it's called Anchor by Spotify. It is one of the new and easiest ways to make your own podcast with everything you need all in one single place. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from the comfort of your phone or computer. And also, when you are hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and whatever platform you choose to post it on. It's everything you need to make a podcast in just one single place. And the best part of all, Anchor is totally free to use. So make sure you download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm. Get started creating your own podcast or start hosting on a very up-and-coming new platform. Yo, what is going on, Cover 7 family? It is your host, Mason Pierce, and we're back at it again with another episode of the Cover 7 with Mason Pierce podcast. Guys, I hope y'all had a fantastic week, and I know I definitely did, watching all the crazy March Madness games that were going on. Unfortunately, St. Peter's did get taken down by North Carolina. We will talk about that a little bit later in the podcast, but guys, I hope y'all honestly had an amazing weekend. Let me know what y'all did. I mean, I didn't really do anything crazy. I got burnt to a crisp at, at all the TCU baseball games this weekend. So, you know, I'm still trying to recover from that. But besides that, let's get right into the episode. Now, before we do get started, I do want to ask y'all to please make sure that you are following the official Instagram and TikTok of the Cover 7 with Mason Pierce podcast at Cover 7 with Mason Pierce. The link will always, as you know, will be down in the description as always. Guys, if you enjoy daily sports news or just funny sports entertainment, definitely I suggest following both of those platforms. So now let's get into the first you know segment of today's episode. And guys, I really don't have any college football news to discuss with y'all because there's not really anything to discuss. So we're going to go right into NFL. Now for the first news we have, it's regarding the Philadelphia Eagles. They are re-signing defensive end Derek Barnett to a two-year deal, a.k.a. Mr. Penalties, a.k.a. Uh, always false or offsides almost had false start <laughs> aka mr offsides definitely is not bad obviously him and hassan reddick will definitely be good together maybe it might take a little bit of the pressure off of him besides you know obviously having josh sweat on the other on the other side of the line with him but now having a guy like hassan reddick definitely be a huge load off so Nothing less, it's, it's a good deal. I mean, when he was coming out of Tennessee, he was very, 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 very high on a lot of teams' draft boards. So let's see if he continues to maybe live up to the hype. He's had moments where he's shown sparks of it, but not really has been too impressive throughout his NFL career. The next news we have is also involving the Eagles, and it's low-key a pretty big dub for the Eagles. The Eagles are signing linebacker Kaiser White to a one-year $5 million contract. Um, in case you don't know, he's he's the brother of former West Virginia wide receiver and former first-round pick Kevin White. You know, the guy that's been most, most notoriously known for being a huge draft bust. Not really his fault for being a draft bust, considering the fact that he just suffered way too many injuries to ever really show his full potential. Because when he was at West Virginia, I mean, dude was in a Heisman race pretty much the two seasons he was at West Virginia. So... Nothing less. Besides talking about Kevin, I really hope you'd come back in the league. But besides that, let's talk about Kaiser White. So Kaiser has been with the Los Angeles Chargers since he got drafted out of West Virginia a couple years back. Has always been kind of behind, you know, more of a second string, third string linebacker. But he has always been very, very solid. And this year he really showed it with the um, with the Los Angeles Chargers. Their linebacking, their linebacker core being pretty thin, in my opinion. So he got, so he definitely was a standout, in my opinion, for the defensive side of the ball for the Chargers. So the fact that Eagles only signed him to a one-year $5 million deal is huge. And the fact that also Philly, they let their starting linebacker, Alex Singleton, go into free agency, who he ended up signing with the Denver Broncos. 
was definitely a huge loss for them as Alex was pretty much their staple point in their linebacker core. So getting a guy like Kaiser is a huge impact. Definitely will probably be linebacker one form, I would imagine, unless, you know, they go out and go get a huge name like Bobby Wagner, which I don't really think that would ever happen because it seems like Bobby's going to probably want to be on the West Coast or like the very, very far part of the East Coast, like Baltimore. But besides that, yeah, so great signing for the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, the next news we have is regarding the Kansas City Chiefs and poor Chiefs fans. I mean, I actually, I feel so bad at the fact that y'all had to see pretty much y'all's best receiver in y'all's team's history get traded to the Miami Dolphins for pretty much nothing. Because I can guarantee you none of those picks will ever reach the equivalent of what Tyreek Hill did and gave the Kansas City Chiefs. So huge loss for them already losing a guy like Tyreek Hill. And then the fact that they had to see the <laughs> they had to see their team go out and sign Juju Smith-Schuster and Marquez Valdez-Scanling, who are both good, but definitely not Tyreek Hill level good, was probably kind of a you know stab in the back. And now that McCole Hardman kind of has to replace Tyreek Tyreek Hill's role, which McCole is good, but McCole mostly strived off the fact he had Tyreek Hill in front of him, so his expectations were a little bit lower. But now, obviously, that's going to pretty much be the solidified speedster, I guess, for that offense. Anyway, the Kansas City Chiefs, they signed former Tampa Bay Buccaneers running back Ronald Jones to a one-year deal. I mean, it kind of makes sense. They don't really have a set running running back. As we all know, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, it can be used whether it's in the passing game or in the running game. Now, he's a strong runner, but obviously his size definitely hurts him a lot when it comes to running up the middle. So getting a guy like Ronald Jones, who has a little bit more size, is a little bit more elusive, definitely will help Patrick Mahomes in the long run, especially on third and short situations now that you don't have a guy like Tyreek Hill where you can literally just throw a curl, not curl, but a bubble route to. So nothing less decent. I mean, it's it's only a one-year deal, so it's kind of just more of a rental in my opinion. Ronald will probably end up signing to like the Panthers or something next year, but definitely be interesting to see how it works with, you know, obviously Clyde Edwards-Hilaire being the, the number one running, running back for the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, the next news we have, it's regarding the New York Jets. Now, the Jets historically have always had bad kickers. I don't know what it is, but they just never can seem to find a, you know, steady kicker. You know, you got the Ravens who have always had Justin Tucker and, you know, the Jaguars when they had Josh Lambeau for so long. You know, those certain teams that have, you know, at least had decent success when it came to getting kickers, but the Jets just haven't. And the Jets said, you know what, screw it. We're going to go get a guy that might be able to bring some consistency. So they went out and they signed former Cowboys and Rams kicker Greg Zerline to a one-year deal. Honestly, in my opinion, it's not a bad signing. Yeah, as a Cowboys fan, Greg was horrible this past year, especially when it came to PAT attempts. Partially, it might just be he had a down year because, as we all know, when he was with the Rams, he absolutely was pretty much automatic every time he kicked the ball. Like, he never – you never questioned if he would make it, like, not once. When he came to the Cowboys, obviously there was a lot more inconsistency, but it didn't help the fact that the Cowboys as a whole, as a whole team and organization were kind of a dumpster fire during the two years he was with us. So maybe he goes out, maybe he goes up to New York. Obviously, we'll have a lot less expectations and we'll shine because once again, he got signed to I think a two-year, ten million dollar contract, which for kickers that's like Patrick Mahomes size contracts. So the fact that he was able to, you know, I mean. The fact that the fact that he's able to go to a team now that has pretty much no expectations and that he can actually build his reputation up within the league and they can maybe get another big payday come next offseason is huge for Greg. So I really hope, and this is coming from a Cowboys 
Cowboys fans' perspective, I really hope Greg shines with the New York Jets. So, great signing for the Jets. The next news we have is regarding the Las Vegas Raiders. They went out and they signed former Lions, Patriots, and Falcon safety Deron Harmon to a one-year contract. Very good signing. Definitely getting a, a more veteran presence with um, Trayvon Morig. You know, the pa- the past year's first-round pick for the Raiders is huge for him. In my opinion, Deron's always been really good. He's just been with a lot of bad teams. Obviously, the Lions have never really been great. The Falcons' secondary has been horrible recent years. And the fact now that he's going to be on a secondary, it kind of seems to be on the up and rise. And yes, I know the Raiders, they did not resign Casey Hayward. You know, they went out and traded for Rocky Asin from the um, Indianapolis Colts, you know, getting rid of Yannick Ngakwe and his huge contract. So I steadily see the the um, Raiders improving their secondary. But it's not going to be something that is going to immediately, you know, immediately get fixed. Because we all know the Raiders, they like to take their damn time when it comes to fixing huge goals, huge goals and huge gaps. Like the wide receiver position, they finally went out and said, screw it, we're going to go get Devontae Adams. They went and got Devontae Adams. Um, Kind of shocked they never, they didn't really pull the trigger on Derek Carr, but I'm kind of glad they didn't because now Devontae Adams is going to be with a, another quarterback that he fully trusts. You know, the quarterback that pretty much gave him a start to his NFL career. So, nothing less great signing for the Raiders, getting a veteran safety in Deron Harmon. Uh, the next news we have, it's also regarding the Raiders, and this is actually a really good signing for the Raiders. The Las Vegas Raiders have signed linebacker Jayon Brown to a one-year deal. Um... In case you don't know, Jayon Brown has pretty much been a Pro Bowl linebacker for the Tennessee Titans the past five seasons. He's been a stud. This past year, he kind of had a down year. But, I mean, the whole Tennessee defense as a whole had a pretty much, in my opinion, a down year, whether that's coming from the um, the front seven or the secondary because, you know, they were injury-ridden. They were literally pretty much in the same situation that we saw the Baltimore Ravens in where they just had no one and they could not stay healthy no matter how much they tried. Um, Jayon, in my opinion – is a huge pickup for Raiders who have always kind of struggled when it come when it came to getting solid linebackers because they released Corey Littleton, they released Nick Kwiatkowski. It's like I just said Mike Kwiatkowski is like second cousin, but no, they released Nick and they also released Corey Littleton, who were two big free agency signings they had about two years ago, you know, to address that linebacker position. So now that they're gone, they had to immediately you know fill that position. And when they traded for Denzel Perryman from the Carolina Panthers last last year, and then now that they're signing Jayon Brown, they really, in my opinion, got two impact starters that are a lot cheaper, and in my opinion, are going to be a lot more productive for the Raiders going forward and that front seven. So great, great pickup for the Las Vegas Raiders. The next news we have is regarding the Denver Broncos. The Broncos are signing offensive tackle Billy Turner to a one-year deal. Obviously, the Broncos, a team that drafted Billy Turner, they will be you know bringing him back into Denver. Billy was not horrible with Green Bay during the regular season, but when it came to being in the playoffs, especially the divisional game against the 49ers, he kind of choked. I mean, he was getting horribly beaten off the edge, whether it was by Nick Bosa or just whoever was on the edge for the San Francisco 49ers. So definitely there is still some inexperience, in my opinion, when it comes to Billy Turner. But honestly, I think he'll be a lot more comfortable being in Denver. And now that he's got a quarterback like Russell Wilson who can get outside of the pocket. Not saying Aaron Rodgers can't because Aaron Rodgers can still make something out of nothing. But a guy like Russell Wilson will always make something out of nothing. So decent pickup. I mean, it's more probably of a depth pickup in my opinion. He might start considering the fact that the Broncos really don't have any great starting tackles, which I've always kind of 
thought that they would address that when it comes to the draft. Maybe this year they might go after one of the 1,400 great tackles that are in this year's draft, so definitely be something to look out for. Now, some more news we got, and these are this, and the last couple news we got, they're just going to be rumors, so make sure to take them with a grain of salt. Um, it is being rumored around the NFL, per sources, that the San Francisco 49ers have already told and reassured quarterback Trey Lance, the former first-round pick in the 2021 draft out of North Dakota, North Dakota State, that he will still be the starting quarterback in 2022. Obviously, um, John Lynch in the front office, their plans were to trade Jimmy Garoppolo, get out of that huge contract, go with the future, which is obviously Trey Lance, and unfortunately it didn't work. Um, Indianapolis went out and got, in my opinion, a better option in, in Matt Ryan, who probably will play at least five years with them. Getting a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo, who has a horrible injury track record, is on a huge, huge contract. And yes, you can say the same thing. Matt Ryan's on a huge contract as well. But Matt Ryan doesn't get injured when you simply touch him either. So there was probably a lot of concerns with that too as well when it came to the Colts front office. So I guess we're probably going to see Jimmy G playing back up again once again, even though the 49ers are going to be paying him 20-plus million this year just to pretty much sit the bench. But nothing less, it's still good to have a veteran presence as, you know, your backup because we see the Miami Dolphins doing that with Tua this year. They went out and got Teddy Bridgewater just in case, you know, the Tua experiment this year fails, which I don't want to say it's going to fail because I want to believe Tua will go back to, you know, the 2017 National Championship Tua or, you know, the Heisman contender Tua before he has suffered that horrible hip injury against Mississippi State. So definitely, definitely in my opinion, not really shocked. Trey Lance in the games he did play this season looked really, really good. Uh, obviously, once again, inexperience is going to probably be the kill is going to be a killer for him, just because he has not taken enough snaps when it comes to meaningful games. Because once again, he mostly played in garbage time. He, I think, he had one or two starts whenever Jimmy G was down with a thumb injury or whatever he had with his hand and shoulder. So definitely, will be good. I know 49er fans are probably looking for something fresh, a new start, and I know a lot of. I mean, I know probably the offense, in my opinion, there probably are too. Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, and all of them, definitely a quarterback that's going to be a lot more consistent. So nothing less still, in my opinion, that's good news for the San Francisco 49ers because that means they didn't waste a first-round pick, kind of like what the Packers did with Jordan Love back in 20, I think it was 2020, I want to say. Yeah, 2020. So, <laughs> But, yeah, now the next news we have, it's regarding – um, the Giants running back Saquon Barkley, he apparently, and this is just coming from sources around the league, apparently the Giants have finished shopping Saquon Barkley to other teams. And, and, and here's the weird thing to me. I had, seen a, I had seen a Bleacher Report notification on my phone that said Saquon got traded to the Ravens. And then when I looked on Instagram, I looked on Twitter, there was nothing there. Like it was like a, just a random ghost ghost report. I mean, I'm guessing it was probably just a fake one that they immediately recognized and were like, oh, shoot, that's not actually real. Um, another reason why Saquon really did not get traded this offseason and why I'm not really shocked at all, the fact that he is going to a contract year and that teams are pretty much going to be renting him for a year and the fact that he probably – and I mean, I don't wish this on anyone. I don't want him to get injured. But the fact no one's Saquon's track record, he will somehow end up getting injured again. And the fact that teams are still going to have to pay him that huge number two overall pick contract for a running back that really will not play for you at all. And then he will go immediately into free agency. So you're giving up a third, fourth round pick. And yes, historically, that's not really anything. But when you can just wait until next offseason, pick him up for a three to four million dollar deal for one year. That's going to be a lot better when you don't have to give up anything versus trying to give up something now. He doesn't play at all. And then he just hits free agency. So... That's probably the main thing. Teams are a lot more scared 
really, in my opinion, of the fact that they would have to give up a lot more to get him, and then he doesn't even play a single snap. Um, we've seen that with a lot of players in the past where teams will trade a second and third round pick and he won't even play a single snap for them and then he hits free agency the following year. So not really shocking in my opinion the fact that Saquon will remain a giant this year. I definitely think Brian Dable will be able to use him a lot better than with Pat, when past coaches that Saquon Barkley has been with. Obviously, Joe Judge had no clue how to coach an, an NFL offense. I'm not going to say I know how to because, once again, I'm just a 16-year-old kid that loves football. But I definitely think that me and my group of friends would have been able to definitely coach the Giants a lot better than Joe Judge's you know, coaching staff this past couple of years. So definitely, I really hope Saquon breaks out because, I mean, we saw the talent he had at Penn State. I mean, there was no reason why any team would not pick him at number two. And yes, I know the whole running backs are replaceable, yes, and it's definitely becoming even more inevitable in this league where running backs are just not going to get paid as much anymore unless you're like Alvin Kamara, good, and you're consistent. Guys like Christian McCaffrey, they got used so much, so much, so much, and so much that their body just hits a breaking point and that they're not going to be able to continue to play week after week after week after week when you're rushing him for about 20, 30 attempts and then also giving him about 10 pass attempts. So... Definitely expect a lot more running backs not really to get drafted in the first round unless there's some, you know, Ricky Williams, Reggie Bush talent coming out of college. So, but guys, that is it for NFL news. Not a crazy amount. You know, obviously I'm going to continue to update y'all with every relevant free agency signing. But now let's get into some kind of just off topic, not football, some baseball, some college basketball. The first news we have, and it's actually regarding the fan-controlled football league. And you're like, what's the fan-controlled football league? So it's this league that started up around, I think, late 2020 or early 2021, where it's literally a league that is controlled by the fans. So they let fans, and I think it's normally on Twitch, they, they stream their stuff on Twitch, and they will literally let you vote for what play you want the team to do, and that team will do the play on the field. You're also able to pick your team, and then if they do something, or like they score a touchdown, you win points. Or if they win a game, you win like a random prize. So it's actually a pretty cool idea. And I definitely think it's going to be one of those goofy things that will just always stick around. But it also has done a lot of good. It's also put a lot of a lot of these players back on the spotlight. Guys like Josh Gordon, when he was coming off his – before he got reinstated by the league, he actually went to the fan-controlled football league and he played a game or two for him. And that was huge because it kind of solidified, oh, shoot, this isn't just a – mediocre league also when a guy like and you know this name might sound familiar to y'all Johnny Manziel joined the league as well because pretty much no other league wanted to take him I know after the AAF they pretty much were just that was just a dumpster fire to start but when he was playing for them he was eh. and even when he's in the FCL or FCFL he still wasn't that great but it seems like Johnny Manziel he will be returning for another year of fan controlled football which I think that fits him perfect because he's always been that type of quarterback that literally it feels like he's playing Madden every single game he's in. Like, I mean, he will literally run to the left, run to the right, do a spin, and then will chunk the ball 40 yards and then pray to God that someone catches it. So I think this league perfectly fit Johnny Menzel from the start and definitely see him probably being in this league for as long as it's still, you know, out there and it's still a product. So <laughs> that's, it. that's it for the football side of today's news. Now let's get into just the one MLB news that's kind of really been relevant. Um, <clears throat> the Los Angeles Dodgers and their manager Dave Roberts have agreed to a three-year contract extension to keep him in L.A. Obviously, Dave Roberts, in my opinion, is the best manager in 
the MLB. Now, yes, it does help the fact when you're getting guys like Freddie Freeman, you're getting guys like Clayton Kershaw, you know, Walker Bueller and all that. It's going to make you look a lot better. But he also has been a real, I mean, an amazing manager. Players love him. Coaches love him. Front, front office obviously loves him. So great keep, in my opinion, for the Los Angeles Dodgers. Now let's get into some college basketball. Now the Final Four is officially set. So for next weekend, we have North Carolina versus Duke on Saturday, April the 2nd at 7.49 p.m. on TBS. And then following that game immediately. Oh, oh, wait, wait, wait. Sorry, sorry, sorry. let me restart that again. <laughs> we have Villanova versus Kansas on Saturday, April 2nd at 5.09 p.m. on TBS. And then immediately following that, we will have North Carolina versus Duke. And I think this is funny because this is the first time in NCAA tournament history that North Carolina and Duke will be playing in the NCAA tournament against each other. And the fact that it's also Coach K's final year just makes it even more funny. The fact that he's going to get one last chance to avenge his, you know, unfortunate, and I mean very unfortunate, regular season finale loss against uh, North Carolina. But that game will be on Saturday, April the 2nd at 7.49 p.m. on TBS. So, TBS is going to have some really great games before, obviously, the national championship game will be on that following Monday, April the 4th. Now, before before we do end this podcast, I want to just give a huge shout-out to the St. Peter's Peacocks. Now, these guys were a 15 seed going into the NCAA tournament. They played Kentucky the first round. Obviously, they're expected to be another, you know, first-round exit, just one of those random teams the NCAA puts in, but... They came out and they stomped Kentucky. They beat them and they put the world on notice. And then that following weekend, they played the seventh seed Murray State Racers, who obviously have produced a lot of NBA talent like Ja Morant. And they and they crushed them again. And then everyone was like, "Okay, is this another, you know, UMBC, UMBC another um, George Mason type run?" And that following week, once again, Peacocks were matched up against the number three seed um, Purdue Boilermakers. And, I mean, they once again upset another high-seed team. And then, unfortunately, this past this past Sunday, sorry, not Saturday, this past Sunday, they did lose to North Carolina. But, obviously, Armando Baycott and that whole North Carolina team has just been insane in this tournament. You know, very well-deserving of the win. But St. Peter's did hold their ground in this game in the first half. I mean, they barely were losing throughout the first. And then, obviously, in the second half, everything kind of fall apart. Everything kind of fell apart for them. So, huge shout-out to a school that literally has less less kids in that school than my old high school that's located in Bonham, Texas. I mean, I, it's, it's insane to think that a team that literally has a high school gym as its arena is beating teams that get, that literally spend 10-plus million a season on that program alone when I think that whole school's athletic budget is probably only 1 to 2 million at most. So, once again, huge shout-out to, to the St. Peter's Peacocks because y'all literally changed the, the whole underdog mentality when it comes to this stuff because you put te- they put teams like Kentucky on their heels. They made teams like, you know, Purdue, who always are getting overhyped every single year, and it just, they just really exposed them. Like, it doesn't matter what star you are. It doesn't matter how highly recruited you are. Every single player on that St. Peter's team did not have one single star and was not even recruited coming out of college. So to see that guys like this were whooping four-star, five-star, three-star recruits at literally some of the blue bloods of college basketball was just amazing to see because we all love to see an underdog win. And the fact they even that they became the first 
ever 15 seed to make it to the Elite Eight was already history enough. So congratulations once again to St. Peter's. And, well, there is, unfortunately, this happy ending won't really be too, too happy because St. Peter's, their head coach, Shaheen Holloway, he is expected to become the next head coach of Seton Hall, which is his alma mater. So they will be losing the head coach that brought them all that success. But at the end of the day, St. Peter's will always be known for being the first 15 seed to go this far ever in the NCAA tournament. So congratulations once again to the Peacocks, and I will forever be a Peacocks fan. I don't know about y'all, but... I know definitely they really ignited a, f a flame in a lot of kids that, you know, aren't recruited or aren't really heavily looked at. So now they realize, hey, going to these schools, it's not the worst thing ever. You know, going to these schools, you still have a chance to prove to yourself. I mean, I mean, hell, John Morant went to Murray State and ended up becoming a lottery pick. So once again, do not give up on your dreams. Just continue to grind. Don't stop. Like I said, I want to continue to make these podcasts the best I can for y'all. I want to be able to make this my career going forward because I love the community that I already have established with y'all, and I love the people I continue to meet every single day because of this. So, guys, I want to thank y'all once again for being such amazing people and being such great supporters, and I know that I don't have the huge, huge fan base that a lot of podcasters already have, but I would rather have such loyal fans and such caring and loving people listening to my stuff than having just a bunch of fake people that are doing it just to, to mimic and, you know, just not really listen to. So, guys, once again, thank you again for listening to another podcast. I'm so happy that I'm able to continue to present y'all these, these podcasts every single week, three times a week. Now, guys, I hope y'all have a fantastic start to y'all's week. Make sure to absolutely crush Monday, and I will see y'all again on Wednesday. Peace.